chapter 10, commencing at verse 34. <clears throat> then Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses to everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Mark 1, verses 1 to 15, and can be found on page 1002. Hear the gospel according to Mark. Glory, glory be to thee, O Lord. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, and you, I am well, with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After, Jesus was put in, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. 
repent and believe the good news. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your good news sent to us in your son Jesus. We ask your blessing on us this morning that as we listen again to this good news, as we store it in our hearts, you will prepare us for the opportunities to share that good news with others for the blessing of those for whom we, with whom we speak and for your glory. Amen. So we've had two terms of preparation for our year of mission. Term one was on the lighthouse, reminding us why it is that we need to uh, have a year of mission, what the need is. Then, sorry, term one. Term two was in the... Uh, a lifeboat station getting ready and uh, term three that's where we are now uh, preparing ourselves to launch and go out and share our faith with those we know so uh, right at the start of this third term as we are just about to go we're preparing ourselves by uh, reminding ourselves of three key uh, skills which we're need to ga- going to need in order to be able to share our faith. The first is sharing our story, and we had a look at that last week. The second is sharing the gospel story. That's what we're looking at today. And the third is praying with people who don't yet know Jesus, so that the power of these two stories, our story and the gospel story, can bear upon their lives. So once we've got people's attention with our story, we need to be able to explain what the gospel story, the gospel, the good news of Jesus actually is. To help us with that this morning, we've got two excellent passages from the New Testament. Many thanks to Neil for choosing them. Sadly, I haven't got time to do justice to them both, so I'm going to focus today on the one from Acts 10. So you'll find it if you turn back to page 1104. Page 1104. page 1104, and it's Acts 10, verse 34. Okay. So Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, is explaining who Jesus is and what that means. And this is the first time he's done it with people who aren't yet God's people, Jews. So he's starting from scratch with them. Interestingly, just beforehand, we've already had two testimonies. We've had Cornelius, the Roman centurion, who has shared how God spoke to him in a vision and told him to send for Peter. And in return, Peter has shared how God spoke to him in a vision and told him to come despite the unusual circumstances. So they've already told each other their story. And now Cornelius asks Peter to tell him the gospel story, although he doesn't yet know that that's what he's doing. So Peter takes a deep breath 
and he launches in. And what follows is a succinct summary of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus, crammed with crucial, relevant points. I have to tell you, I would be proud to write as much about Jesus in 230 words as, Paul manage, as Peter manages to do here, let alone preaching it in a sermon. I suspect, therefore, that this is a digest of what Peter actually said, which is really helpful for us. So what does Peter include in his presentation of the gospel? Well, the first you'll see in verse 34 to 35 is that the good news is for everyone. It's not just for Jews or for Christians. So don't let anyone tell you that Christmas or Easter is an exclusive story <clears throat> just for Christians. No, they are for every person in the whole world, whatever their experience or whatever their current faith. Secondly, verse 36, it's good news. Although the behavior of Christians can add credibility to the gospel or otherwise, the gospel isn't defined by how the church members behave. It isn't bad news to become a Christian just because you meet some bad Christians. But it is good news. As Paul would later say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. First for the Jews and then for those who aren't Jews. First for the Christians and then for those who aren't Christians. Thirdly, it's good news of peace. Paul again, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as Jesus himself said, my peace I give to you a peace which the world cannot give. Fourthly, it's only through Jesus. Jesus, again, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And fifthly, Jesus is Lord of all. Again, this isn't merely good news for Christians that he's our Lord. Everyone is included. He's Lord of all. And therefore, on the other hand, no one can escape the challenge of Christ. So who is this Jesus whom this, from whom this good news comes, who brings this good news to us? Well, firstly, verse 38, Jesus is God's anointed, which is the English translation of the Hebrew Messiah and the Greek Christ. So, in effect, he is God's chosen agent. Secondly, Jesus is filled with God's presence and power. So he can bring you to the Father and make a difference to your life. Thirdly, Jesus does good and he heals and liberates from evil. No matter how compromised or inadequate or powerless the church may seem, and no matter what goes wrong in our lives, Jesus is good and he does good. Fourthly, God is with him, and through him, God is with us. And sixth, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, fourthly, got that wrong. One, two, three, four. I missed something out. I missed number two out. Well done. Somebody was listening. So that was good. Okay. Uh, so fourth or fifthly, um, because God was with him, he entered the place of evil. 
Jesus was crucified, verse 39. Now, this is important for three reasons. Firstly, we can't invent, reinvent Jesus' history just to suit our theology as, for instance, Islam seeks to do, denying that Jesus died. Secondly, it means that Jesus and God in him identifies with us in the very worst parts of our suffering. And thirdly, because of what happens next, which is that God raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 40. And this is it. This is the good news. Without this, there is no other good news. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that Jesus was more than a good but suffering man. And the res resurrection shows us that crucifixion isn't the last word. So wherever we are suffering, there is always the hope and possibility of resurrection ahead of us. And indeed, it's the resurrection which commissions us as Jesus' disciples. Sixthly, Jesus gave the witness, this witness, to the church. Verse 41 to 42. Jesus didn't appear to the world, but to his disciples, and he commanded them to share what they had witnessed. What they had witnessed. Now, this has two implications. Firstly, that God, and in Jesus, chose the church as their channel of salvation, as Jesus' channel of salvation. So those who say the church doesn't matter because God can speak directly without the church are wrong. God could have done that, but he didn't. He chose the church to be his witness in the world. And therefore, secondly, we too, as disciples of Jesus, are God's chosen witnesses. It's not an option. Seventhly, verse 42, Jesus is judge of the living and the dead. He's the judge of those we speak to, not just a moral bar that they have to get over, but their actual judge before and at and after death. They will stand before him and they will bear account for their thoughts, words, and actions. So it isn't only his goodness and purity that judges them, but also how they respond to him, which is very bad news if they ignore or hate him. On the other hand, it's very good news if they trust him, because faith in Jesus is available to all, and anyone who has faith in Jesus receives forgiveness and therefore re reconciliation and peace with God. As Jesus said, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him isn't condemned, but whoever doesn't believe stands condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of God's one and only son. Quite stark. Okay, so that's the gospel in three times as many words as Peter used. So let's boil it back down again, and let's try to do it in a way that we can remember when we need it. However we share the gospel story, we're going to find it has a shape to it, which we see in Peter's presentation. Firstly, we have a need. As Peter says, God has appointed Jesus as judge of us all, and we all have sin which needs forgiving. Secondly, as Peter tells Cornelius, it's all about Jesus. It's he who makes the difference. Thirdly, we need to respond. We need to believe in Jesus and so receive forgiveness. 
Jesus himself gives this same shape in his preaching of the gospel. So we heard his gospel slogan at the end of our gospel reading. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Well, on your handout, on a seat next to you or under you, we've suggested three different models for sharing the gospel and a couple of ways for each. The idea is you choose the way that you think to be the easiest, but whichever one you choose, you'll see that there's the same shape. Our need, what Jesus has done, our response. If you turn to the side that says, that starts with telling the gospel story simply one in letters, then you'll find there the method that Neil used on Easter Sunday. Life, L-I-F-E. I suppose you could remember it by a song by Noah and the Whale, is it, or somebody? L-I-F-E. So the way Neil suggested we remember it is L is for the love that God has for me. I am the reason he died on a tree. F is for forgiveness, and now I am free. And E is to enjoy being in his company forever. Okay, so that's L-I-F-E. I didn't learn that way long ago. I was taught the ABC of faith. But it's just the same. Once you've learned the lessons, it's easy to explain the gospel. And then you can add some Bible verses to help and to, to give it some power. So this is the one I was taught long ago. A, admit your need. We're all in a mess. B, believe in Jesus. He did everything necessary. C, count the cost. Entry is free, but subscription is everything for life. And D, just do it. You just have to ask. Obviously, when you're talking it through with somebody, you might want to fill those things out a bit with what our need is, what Jesus did for us, and how we respond. Our second model, uh, you'll see the next one down, is by using scripture. There are two sets on your sheets, one at the bottom of the first page and one at the top of the second page. Um, the one that I use is at the bottom of the, the first page, and that allows me to use three simple illustrations um, from the Bible. Uh, the first is sheep. That's useful for me because I used to be a shepherd's minion long ago. So sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray, and that I can say is very, very likely because sheep are really the most stupid of animals. Uh, they can stand in front of an empty gate into a green field and refuse to go through. And then one of them will find a little hole through the fence beside the gate, and it'll go through, and then all the others will follow through the hole instead of the huge gate that's next to it. Unbelievable. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all, us all. The Lord sent Jesus to bring us back from how we've gone astray, back from death to life. And then uh, my next illustration, I use any book to hand, um, is about the transfer from one to the other. So here we are, um, Jesus, uh, sorry, we, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to his own way, 
And what that's done is it's made a barrier between us and God. There's another verse in Isaiah that says it's, it's not... It's not me that's grown deaf, says the Lord. It's not my arm that's grown short so I can't save you. It's your sin that's put a barrier between you and me. And so we can't see God anymore. But Jesus, the righteous, took our unrighteousness on him so that we, the unrighteous, could be righteous as he is. And so our way through to God is clear again. And my final scripture is, is the one of uh, the light of the world. You remember that picture of Holman Hunt painted of Jesus beside a door with no handle on it and weeds growing up it and he's knocking on the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and it can only be opened from the inside, then I will step through and I will sup with him and he with me. And we have the pleasure and the privilege of Jesus' fellowship forever. The third model, well, there's another model, uh, another scripture model on the other side you can see, all taken from Romans. And that takes us nicely through that same uh, series, that same shape of the gospel. And then the final model is to use pictures. Um, so uh, you can see four little pictures there. If you want to know how to use those pictures, then there's a website just below. You can go and look it up and see how to use them. And then easy to draw, easy to uh, talk it through. But I've got the privilege of having a real live artist with us today. So I've invited Adam to show us the way he likes to explain, explain the gospel using pictures. And I thought, you know, no pressure now. Here's a match. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, Can you all see the whiteboard? Am I on? Okay, so, um, so here's, here's six pictures to help you. Um, now, I'm, I'm not a budding artist, but here we go. I'm going to divide this into six. Um, as you can see by my lines, they're not even straight, which is a great start. Okay. So the Bible begins uh, with God. In the beginning, God. The crown represents God. And right from the very beginning of the Bible, God tells us that he created the world and he made all things. And he made us um, to rule the world under God, uh, under God's rule. In Revelation chapter 4, uh, verse 11, uh, it reads, You're worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. But we all reject God's rule. We say no to God. We don't want to be under God's rule, so we try to run the world ourselves but we make a mess of it. We fail to rule the world well. Um, the Bible says in Romans 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one right before God, not even one. Uh, all have turned away. Together they've become useless. So this is picking up on that idea of sin that Mike was talking about. Um, Jesus is the judge, uh, and the Bible says that... Um, that God won't allow this rebellion to go on forever. And in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, we read that man is destined to die once and after that to face God's judgment. But this is where the good news comes in. God, in the person of Jesus, came into the world and died on the cross for us the righteous for the unrighteous. In 1 Peter 3, 
verse 18, we read, um, Christ died for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. Jesus has done everything necessary by dying on the cross in our place. Um, 1 Peter again, uh, 1 verse 3, uh, tells us that Jesus didn't stay dead. In fact, God raised him um, as the, the king of the universe. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Jesus is king. He's proved there's life after the grave, and he offers that life to all of us who put our trust in him. So here's the choice that we all face. We can either continue to pretend we're the king of the world, running life our own way, without God, or we can submit to Jesus' way and allow Jesus to be the king over us uh, and to be the rightful ruler of the world. John chapter 3, verse 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So that's a kind of presentation. This is called Two Ways to Live. Um, you'll find that, I think there's a Bible verse, uh, uh, a, um, a website um, for that. There we go. Thank you. Brilliant. What a great way to share the gospel. And if it's in your head and ready, then, you, you know, on a, uh, on a serviette in a coffee shop or anywhere, you can easily explain what, uh, what, Jesus, what the difference is that Jesus makes to us. Whichever way you prefer, choose a way of doing it and learn some Bible verses to go with each step and then practice it on a friend, on somebody else, on, on somebody who's also doing it. Practice it on each other. Um, and that will then mean that when someone like Cornelius asks you what the point of your Christian faith is, and, and what the gospel is, what the good news of Jesus is, then after you've picked yourself off, up off the floor in astonishment, you will know how to go ahead and share Jesus' good news with them. As Peter was to say later to the, earlier ch to the early church, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that is in you. And... And if we're to be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us, we may need to clarify and practice that answer so that we are ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to the world to bring the good news, that we might repent and believe it and so find eternal life. Help us to be ready to explain it when next you prompt someone through our witness to ask us. May Christ speak his good news through us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And perhaps we could finish with the prayer of the disciples. Lord, help your servant. Speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Amen. And thank you, Adam.